Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. We're family. I love church. I absolutely love church. I'm like a kid in a candy shop when I'm in church because his presence is here. And we never leave the same. This is the place for miracles, you know. This is the, the garden of miracles that God's planted, and you're part of it. We love your pastors. It's been so good to get to meet them and to meet all of you and to be part of the church. Um, we, I apologize because we are God's favorite. <laughs> we get to do this. But everybody should actually say that we're God's favorite. But I loved what you're doing with Watoto. You know, say a little bit about it. I got to meet some of the girls that you're supporting today in just the schools. But here's the, the facts, just as we heard already. So many of them are marginalized, that are trafficked, that are married off at a young age, but because they're not educated. But these girls that you're keeping in school, the schools that have had this program going, 100% of the girls are graduating. It literally is changing a nation. So well done. Well done. So simple, but wow, what a difference it makes. Remember so, that time we did it at a women's conference and we got, brought, everybody brought underwear for the girls? All our men were like, why are there all these underwear in the foyer? But we were saving lives. It was a little weird. It was a little weird. But welcome, everybody, and welcome our online church. It's so amazing that with technology, and, and you know, the Spirit of God is everywhere all at one time. There's no distance, and so we can be part of a much, much bigger family as we do this together. So welcome. Hope you're going to enjoy. We're going to spend a little bit, a bit of time talking about intimacy, relationships, and relationships progress. Every healthy relationship progresses. Doesn't stay the same, it's not static. It's dynamic. And it progresses in intimacy, which is getting more and more understanding, closeness. Well, you tell us what intimacy is. What is intimacy? You don't know what it is, you sure do. I just define it as it's a felt closeness. It's a connection of the heart. And it certainly happens in the realm of marriage. It happens in the realm of family, of friendship. Um, In church life, it's just like we we met your amazing church family and your, your awesome pastors. And, and there's this connection, there's a heart connection. It's bigger than just acquaintances, it's growing. And the family of God, as we grow in intimacy with God, there will always be a felt intimacy with others. And I think that many of us live with our lives very guarded. We have this, this shell around our heart. And I believe God wants to crack that shell off. Um, and we get it there because we've been hurt, we've been disappointed. We, we, we don't give everything of ourselves because what if we do, then we may get hurt again. Well, you may. I expect that, I'm not looking forward to it, but I I just know relationships sometimes come with challenges attached to it, but I don't write off relationships as a whole because of it. Um, So I wanna encourage you to open up your heart wide to God and see who God will bring into your life. Um, I do say this often, you need more friends. 
because your destiny and your purpose will be attached to the connections that you make in the future. Not just the person that you marry, not just where you work or, or family, but it's church life, it's everything. And I believe we live in a very fragmented, broken world that, that, that lives very um, arm's length. And I believe God wants us to take our arms down from, from putting up this and put our arms around each other and grow together and see what God will build if we would just allow him to do that. Intimacy we define as into me see. I'm going to, you can't do that with everyone, but there are people that God will bring in your life that you can open and share your heart with. And so we're going to talk about this in the context of this can be your marriage, it can be your family, it can be your friendships, it can be your church community, your small group, where how you work. So wherever this applies, take some of these principles and put them to work and maybe do a little bit of a checkup. I think we're going to go through a number, as we go through these number of points, there may be something that you go, oh, I could work on that. I love ouch hallelujahs where God just kind of puts a little, uh, you know, like, let's deal with that. And he points your finger, he puts his finger on something, and it feels a little tender. But I feel like God wants to work with you there, and it's not a ouch, oh no, it's a ouch, hallelujah, I can grow past this and be stronger on the other side of this. And we need to understand the most important part of life is relationships. Really, when it's all said and done, who cares how many cars you've had? how many houses you've had. It's what you leave behind, which is about relationships. And I, I, I've, this one line has really helped me over the years. The best part of life is who you get to do it with. And so to always be wanting and hungry to learn more, because a lot of people just think it's, it's just natural, it's normal, it just will, it'll automatically happen. And you, you'll be very disappointed, because it won't automatically happen. And a lot of other people think, well, it's just luck. It's the luck of the draw. I just want to get the lucky one. You know, we have the perfect person. And, and, and we're always looking at others and thinking, wow, if I could just have what they have. In other words, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. But do you know that a great relationship is very predictable? Really. And the grass is greener where you water it, where you tend to it, where you fertilize it. And when we learn to do those things, I promise you, the, the reward is beyond what you can imagine. It's the best life possible. You know, Jesus said, I came to give you life, and that more abundantly. And then he put us together in this thing called church. And when we come together in church, we should expect we'll walk out different. And so today, my prayer is that you walk out inspired with something in your hand that you can... I, I know I can do something, and it can make a difference, not just for your life, but for the world we live in. So what we're going to do is just go through, we've been married for 45 years, we've gone through a few things, and learned a few lessons, usually the hard way. And we don't want you to learn the hard way, so we'll, we'll try and give you a little bit of the wisdom we've learned. So how have we grown in intimacy, <laughs> Helen? And I do get introduced as Helen's husband, usually, <laughs> you know. Introduced as John's wife. So uh, that's all good. Okay, we've just got a number of points that we're going to go through, and, and hopefully these just resonate with you, challenge you, sell it, you know, encourage you. And the first one is, and I don't think it can be overlooked, every 
um, relationship that's growing in intimacy starts with a healthy you. I feel like we've said this every time we've gathered together, but it's too important to not mention again. Often we think our challenges, the people that, that we're encountering, and yet it looks on, if we have to look on the inside. I love this um, example of many years ago, I met a, a woman and she had been married five times. And, and you know, every marriage failed. And she was laughing about it kind of, and she said, you know, I just keep marrying the wrong guy. And I looked at her and I said, sweetheart, can I share something with you? It seems to me like you've been at the scene of the accident every single time. And I am not judging you, but I think that we should take a look at your heart. What is going on on the inside of you that has let you down, led you down a path that has been painful and heart heavy? And I want to encourage you to take a look. Maybe and, um, you need to take a look at your own heart. Proverbs chapter 4, it'll be my life scripture forever. I have one tiny little tattoo, much to my mother's chagrin. Um, she thinks it's evil. Maybe you do too. So anyhow, but I think if I had something else, I'd probably tattoo Proverbs 23. Um, a 423, but it's on my heart. It's tattooed right there. But it says pay attention to your own heart because it'll affect everything you do. For out of it will flow the issues of life. It will determine the pathway that you go. And if your heart is not healthy, your life can never be healthy. Your heart determines the condition. And that means, John talked about a healthy garden. You have to weed it, you have to feed it, you have to, you have to nurture it, and your heart health will determine how you do life with others. So if you're here today and you think, well, I've been disappointed over and over again in relationships. I have been disappointed too, but I expect the best rather than the worst. And so I think it's more of how you see people and how you expect people to respond to you. When I walk in a room, I expect people to love me. Maybe you think that's really naive because, in fact, not everyone does. But I would rather walk in a room assuming that people are going to love me and I'm going to love them than have a stance of I'm going to walk in a room and people will reject me. And so where your heart is at will determine whether you live open-hearted and open-handed with people or if it's closed. So start there. So start with making the choice to own your own happiness because yeah. someone else could never make you happy. The only one that can make you complete and full is Jesus. So if you're not married and you never find that person, you're not less than the best. Because you don't need anyone else to be complete. You only need Jesus. And if you're married and that person that you're married to, say, say I, I go down in, a, in an airplane, are you going to be like only half a person for the rest of your life? No, why? Because it's only Jesus. So start there. Number two. I'll be sad for a really long time, but, <laughs> but I'll be okay. I'm sure you will. Number two, <laughs> we have chosen to love and accept each other just the way we are. That's so important. Aren't you glad that God loves you just the way you are? He doesn't love you because you've earned it. You don't earn being part of a family. Isn't it interesting when, when a new baby is born into the family, we absolutely adore that baby. And it, it or she or he has done nothing to earn it. Nothing. Well, actually, everything they've done is the opposite. You know, they cry, they poop, they, they you know, everything else under the sun. But we love them. Why? Because they belong. 
And, and really, that's God's kind of love. And we need to have that. Love that person. And you think, well, I, I, I'm going to change him then, you know, to the place where I can love him. No, love him the way he is, or her the way she is. And that's going to be the, the reason that people change. Because they want to change, to become more of what God wants you to be. Because everybody flourishes where they're accepted. That's just, think about it. Don't you love to go where you're celebrated? You know, I watched you coming in church today and coming in the building and you were war welcomed warmly and smiled and, and, and served beautifully. This is a church that's a family that actually loves when you come. It's not like, oh, they're here again. It's like, yay, you showed up. This is so fantastic. Because you are loved and you are wanted and you are needed here. And I believe in that environment, we all have an opportunity to flourish. When your husband or your wife or your children come home at the end of the day, and, and you might be tired, but do they walk into an environment where they go, yay, you're home. How is your day? I love you. It, it, it's more, it's a celebration rather like, clean up your shoes, hang up your coat. I've done that way too often, so I'm quoting myself. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, not just everything that's wrong with you, but what... So somebody asked you, if you could go backwards and, oh, John, and raise, your, raise your kids over again, you what would you this? change? Really? Yes. Everybody flourishes where they're accepted. Are you not accepting of no, my I behavior? No, I just want you to tell everybody, because I think it's really good. If well, you could somebody, go back, what would you change? Well... I really like a neat house, so I think I harassed my children a lot about their messy bedrooms. And I just, I've told a mother once, just shut the door and shut up. And is that what you wanted me to say? She yes. feels so much better now. Yeah, I spent too Isn't much time. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. You don't like their messy bedroom? Close the door. Instead of, we're always seeing all the things that aren't great. We need to just accept and love all the things that are great. And, and to me, that's what, that's what love starts with. You begin to see those amazing things in each other. Why stop? Why stop? But so often we do. And, and we often get the question, you know, our TV show is about answering questions. And the world will ask this question. How are you supposed to stay in love for a lifetime? Like the world actually thinks marriage? Boring. Why? You know what they say about church, though? Boring. Not this church, but... Why would they say that? Could it be that we act bored? Some churches, not this one. Could it be that we act bored some marriages? I mean, it's true. Sometimes, you, you know, you go to a restaurant, you see a couple that's, that you know has been married for a long time. Why do you know they've been married for a long time? They're bored. Are they both on their phones, John? Probably. We do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, how do you stay in love for a lifetime? Stay amazed. Stay amazed. This is a, a, a person created in the image of God. How could this person be anything less than amazing? Just the way they are. But when you stay amazed with people, you, you, you continually treasure on to see what, what's, what's on the inside, you know, opening up this, this, this gift, you know, one thing after another. And it, it, you know, it encourages them to keep growing and changing. That's what really brings life into our relationships. So the third thing we wrote down is, I think intimacy is created in an atmosphere where we, where we are each other's cheerleaders. 
where we actually celebrate, and, and that goes a little bit with what we said already about people go where they're celebrated. But I, I think about the people who I'm closest to. I would want one of the things that would be an identifying mark of the intimacy and, and the shared relationship we have is that Helen's, Helen's my cheerleader. That, that mom is my cheerleader, my friend is my cheerleader. She's somebody who sees the good in me and awakens it. Because uh, I, I love this thought here, um, Charles Dickens said this, never close your lips to those to whom you have opened your heart. And you know what we do so often, especially in marriage and family? We get lazy. And we do things like, well, they know I love them. They, they know I think they're great. But I think that if you, if you don't assume that they know that, tell them. And, and I think that, like, can you tell your story about your dad? Because I, I feel like you knew that your dad loved you. So I was raised in a big family. I'm the second oldest of 11. And, you know, it was kind of a, a big family that you just, there's a culture that we have. And, you know, the language is different. Like, I never heard all my life long, I never heard I love you. I never heard I'm proud of you. I knew it was loved. I think they were proud of me <laughs> sometimes. Most of the time not, but, but um, never heard it. And then, and then I meet her and, and it, like, what? It's a whole different world. So many years later, so this is now about 15 years ago, um, I called my dad up on Father's Day. And, uh, hey dad, happy Father's Day. And he goes, oh, John, thanks. <laughs> Ready to hang up. Typical dad, you know, just, just everything in a hurry, kind of. And I said, um, dad, what? Don't hang up. Why? I want to say something. What? I just want to say that I'm, I'm glad you're my dad. I love you. Silence. And then this crackly voice. I'm glad you're mine too. I love you too. We don't speak that language, never heard those words before. Later on that day, we went to my brother's house, all of us, and with my five brothers and five sisters and all their kids, there's 96 of us. It's called a crowd. It's like walking into peer pressure on steroids. And I, I remember walking in there and my dad sees me and just cuts right through the crowd to me, he puts his arms around me and gives me a kiss weird <laughs> my first thought was dad you need a shave Ooh. but then he says to me have I ever told you how proud of you I am I still get tender thinking about it because I never heard that before it was maybe one of the greatest days of my life and then he, he, he points at me and he says I want you to look at me I want you to know that I love you and don't you ever forget it you know everything changed that day Never heard that before, but from that day on, I never left his presence without hearing it. Do you think he started loving me that day? He started being proud? No. He just never heard it. He never knew it. We, we can change the world with just a few of these simple words. And, and it wasn't just me, but all my brothers and sisters from that day on. Every one of them, when, when we you know, parted, he would tell them, I love you yeah. and I'm proud of you. And our words are that powerful. It can absolutely change the world. And, you know, for some of you, you may need to pick up your, the phone and yeah. give your dad or your mother a call. There may be people in your world that they've never heard those words. You know, um, my, my younger brother Joe died 
number of years ago, in 2008, and um, I found out, I heard, I was on the golf course and the marshal drives up and says, Dr. Burns, there's an, there's an emergency, call home. So I called home and Helen said, your brother Joe was in the hospital last night and they, they found him at three o'clock in the morning with his heart stopped. They didn't know how long it had stopped. They, they resuscitated him, but they didn't know if his brain had made it or not. So I'm driving to the hospital and all I could think of was one more moment. If I could just have one more moment with my brother. But you know, the question, what would you say? Eh, really easy, really easy. I would have said, I love you. I've never said that. I would have said, you know, Joe, God loves you. And I never really pointed at him and told him that before. He'd heard me preach. But the fact is I never got one more moment. And I think every one of us need to recognize, maybe, I, I didn't get another moment with Joe, but how many other Joes are in my world? How many other Joes are in your world? So simple, just the words that we can teach, that we can speak. You know, I'm, I take an extra moment with this. I'll never forget, I wasn't there that day that that moment happened with John and his father. I was actually in Europe and I had flown home later that day. And we were driving home, and you had picked me up. It was, you had left the family gathering to pick me up. And on the way home, and I remembered it's when we hit the Dees Island Tunnel, you started to cry. And this is not typical of John. And he said, do you know what happened today? And the tears were just flowing. And I didn't realize how much it meant to John's father to open that door, but it changed your life too. And, I, and the beauty of it is people long to hear. So we have opportunities, and you might be in this room and say, the culture of my home or the culture of our relationship doesn't do that. But you know, Jesus said and spoke clearly his love for us. God has taught us how to open up our hearts and bring that into, bring intimacy and in bring a closeness. And, and uh, so John's culture in his, I grew up in a home where we said, I love you often. And so for John to actually break that door down, if you will, it wasn't that hard. And it was just taking someone doing the initiative, cre creating the initiative, taking the moment, and changing the trajectory, really, of the entire big Burns family. But it, but it started with willingness to break through a familiar culture that didn't do that. To speak words that will break through and change the world. And you know, we all have to be really cognizant of that. Do you know that we will, one day, when we stand before Jesus, we'll give an account? For every idle, inoperative, weak, useless, wasted word we speak. So let's not speak anymore like that. Let's speak words that change the world. Yeah. And I think those words have the Holy Spirit power behind them. Yeah. And I think it's simply prophetic. If you spend time praying and God gives you the heart to speak to somebody, use your words. And that's, you get to be the cheerleader. Do you know when we met, she was the head cheerleader in the high school and I was the middle linebacker on the football team. And she's still my head cheerleader. But I would never be who I am today if it wasn't for her. I remember this one time, we're at this banquet and um, I don't know, I was probably 25 years old and I just graduated from university. I was a dentist and I stuttered really bad when I was, younger. I mean, I, was, I stuttered so bad that when we went to McDonald's, she would have to lean over and say, he wants a big back and fries. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't say those things. I, I would stutter. 
I, I, I wouldn't even answer the phone. And we're at this banquet and this speaker is telling his story and it was amazing what was happening. And she leaned over and she said to me, one day you'll do that. And I thought she was crazy. I, I really, it was scary what she said, but it became what would happen. And I think, you know, we have the ability and the privilege and actually the responsibility yeah. to see that in other people and be their cheerleader. Speak those things into their life. When you begin to see the fruit of your words, you'll begin to spend much more time with God hearing what God has to say that you can speak those yeah. into other people's lives. So we could get caught on all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, another thing is we feel a sense of safety and security with one another. You gotta build that. That doesn't just happen. A sense of safety and security happens when you build trust. And trust is so valuable. Do you know that you cannot build without trust? You can love, but you can't build. You can have all kinds of dreams, but you can't build. Trust is the foundation that you build on. It's like in your physical body, it's your bone structure. If you don't have a skeleton, you, you, you can't hang anything. You can't put any, any organs together, nothing. You need to have these bones. And it is the structure, it's the, it's the, the strongest part of your body, but it is fragile. Yeah. And it's like trust. Trust is very strong. Take a lifetime to build and a second to break. But if you do break a bone, you know it's painful. And it will heal, but it's going to take time. And that's what trust is. So you've got to learn to build that in your relationships, to build, build that trust, build that commitment. You know what commitment is to me? It's the safety. It's the safety. It's the safety net that says, no matter what, I'm still here. Go ahead, give it a try. Go ahead, see if you can fly. Dream your dreams. Try to be all you can be. But if you fail, don't worry. Nothing changes. I'm committed. I, I couldn't love you anymore. I couldn't love you any less. It's not about what you do. I just plain love you. See, that's security that you build into a relationship. And we need to have that in our relationships. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of, of the man who had done his life on the mat. And it's in several stories in the, the Gospels. He was, he was an invalid. He couldn't get up. And he couldn't get himself to Jesus. And there's a story of, of where he's lying there on the mat. And I, what I love about this, it's a story of beautiful intimacy, was Jesus was in town. Jesus was doing miracles. But he couldn't physically get to Jesus. And I wonder who's in your world, who's close enough to you, who do you have an intimate relationship with that if you are not doing great, if you are down, if you will, who can help get you to Jesus and who can open up that door for you And this man? What he had going for him was four amazing friends that picked him up and carried his mat and brought him to Jesus. And when they get to Jesus, the house is too full. They can't get him close enough to Jesus. And then with vulnerability and trust, this man allows them to carry him to the roof. They hack a hole in the roof and they lower him to Jesus. And he has an encounter with Jesus. And the beauty of this story is that Jesus talks about when he saw their faith. 
It was the collective faith, the community of faith, that relationship that is built. And friendship and relationship is all about being open enough. Um, you know, years ago, we went through a really difficult time in our life, and it was, it was, I just felt like I need to step out of ministry. Everything isn't perfect in my world. We had a daughter who literally was dying from anorexia. And so I was just like out. It was, it was the hardest thing we had walked through to that stage in our life. We've had a few since then, but I'll never forget that moment of just having two of my closest friends in the world. Um, and I'm in my office. I've locked myself in. And I'm in there and I'm weeping, I can't cope, I haven't slept for days, and I hear a knock on the door. And, and I'm like, yep, yep, I'll be out in a minute. And they let me know who was out there, they're still my closest friends, and they, I'll be out in a minute, and I didn't come out. They knocked on the door again, and I still didn't come out. Finally, they didn't ask permission, they crashed through the door. And I fell to the ground in a weeping mess. They got on the ground with me, they prayed with me, and they carried me that day. That is a picture of intimacy. Who sees you? Who do you show your vulnerable self to? Because when, people, when you let people close enough, and you can't do this with everyone, but if you do this with no one, you'll never truly develop the strength of life and character that God has called you to. And for me, those relations, I have John, I have people in my world, but those, that day those two friends carried me. In, when I didn't know how to carry myself to Jesus. They didn't ask permission to pick up my mat. They just picked it up, and I was on it, so to speak, and they brought me to Jesus. And those are moments that will forever change your life, and it creates a trust. They didn't see, I was their pastor, and they saw me weak. It didn't make me a failure, it made me human. But if I had not allowed them, my, my thing was to keep them out. But you know what? Since that time, we've all walked through stuff, but we've kept our hearts and our lives open to one another. And the intimacy that we shared because we trust one another has kept me moving in the right direction for many years since that time. And, and it doesn't happen automatically, but it does happen if you will let people in and you will also allow yourself into the lives of others. So the question is, who sees you? Who would rip through the roof for you? For a lot of us, we don't have anyone, and, and God actually has an answer. It's called church. And that's what we do is we build relationships. Church isn't about sitting in rows, listening to, to a message or, you know, a show. Church is about us building relationships with God and with each other. Mm -hmm. It's called family. So these things, we have whole kinds of things we wrote down that are just marriage, but it always translates into family. So one more, which one? <laughs> All right, we'll do the last one. We laugh a lot. <laughs> I think, who do you love celebrating life with? I think the shortest distance between two people is, is, is laughter. I don't know who said that, but it's a great saying. I'm quoting somebody. But I do think laughter takes walls down. Who sees you? Who, who do you love to laugh with? And I think if there's a hallmark of our friendship, it's laughter, our marriage. If there's a hallmark of the Burns family dinners, 
which my, my, when I have all my children and grandchildren home, it's laughter, it's loud, it's chaotic, it's home. It's a place where everybody comes and feels they're celebrated and they're honored and, and they walk in the door, they slide in like Kramer from um, Seinfeld, like, whoa, I'm here and I know you're happy about it. And I think you don't get that again just by, it's not something that you can um, order, it's something you cultivate. And I think laughter, we, everybody loves to laugh together. And I think when you create, and I don't wanna, that's why I, you know, I think about even God gave us those emotions of joy. It's not just silliness, it's actually a deep abiding joy. And, and, and laughter comes out of that, enjoyment comes out of that. And then we are drawn back to those places where we can just have fun together and we can celebrate life together. And I think that there's many, many things that we can cite as things that create intimacy. And I would encourage you to take a look at your own life and say, where are the areas I need to open up a little more? Where are some of the places I need to let the Holy Spirit crack through that shell and just have his way in my life and in my relationship? And I believe that as we seek God, we will find him. Learn, learn to laugh at yourself. <laughs> that really helps. And then you can invite people to laugh at you. And she laughs. Her, her goal is to laugh every day to the point of tears. At me. <laughs> Just say you give me reason to. It's not like I want to, but thank you for providing that joy in my life. <laughs> I was I was in the superstore, like Walmart, and um, I'm okay, okay. And, 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 and I needed to buy some hair product, you know, like a little bit of, of wax or something. And I couldn't figure out which one. So, you know, you open it up and you try to feel, you know, what, what does that feel like? What does it feel like? And I think I got about the fifth one and I did a mistake. I opened it sideways and it just poured out of my hand. And it was like concrete. It's called hair concrete. Yeah, hair concrete. So it's all over my hands. I'm, I'm in the grocery store and I don't know, how do I get it off my hands? I'm not gonna put it on my clothes. I'll put it in my hair. <laughs> so I put it off, it wouldn't work for you, Steve. But I, <laughs> I stuck it all in my hair and it was terrible. And then, and, and then I, okay, um, now my hair looks just absolutely horrible. Like all up, all of, so what, I, I'm gonna have to get a brush. So, so I go over to the brush section of the, of the store and grab one of the brushes. He not buy it, he just used it. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, I wasn't going to do anything, but I, I thought if they have a camera in that store, someone is going to be laughing themselves to tears. But go ahead and enjoy laughing at yourself. We were going to pray for you. We'll do this quickly. Yeah. Father, thank you for this beautiful house and this beautiful family. God, would you just take the words that we've shared and cause us to look at the people in our life and how we can create avenues of intimacy. God, where our arms come down um, and, and we don't have a hands-off look, but we look and we put our arms around one another rather than against one another. Thank you for your love, yeah. for your, the beauty of every relationship. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. 
Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you. Thank you.